I did some stuff over Christmas break uh, to try to consolidate like all of my websites and all of my podcasts. So and nobody should notice any difference except me. I think everything will be the same. I got rid of Libsyn. I put all of my podcasts under one like hosting thing, even though I had people telling me for like a long time that it couldn't be done. But I thought it could be done. So I just kept trying every few months until somebody finally was like, oh, you do it this way. And I did the math. I'm going to save like $800 this year because of all that, because of all the consolidation I did. That's like. That's huge. A plane ticket to London or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it is. London 2020. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, pe- when I hear like um, people ask for money for their podcasts and like the Patreons and stuff, and I'm just like, shut up. Cost me. <laughs> I ain't asking for money. I got to pay for my stuff. Yeah. So it suggested to me I should do like a Patreon. I'm like, I don't think I have anything to offer people. <laughs> um, anything interested in real Atticos? I'm kind of inching towards retirement. You know. Yeah. I get that. It's. Um, I mean, I like podcasting, but it's it's work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll still be a guest on other people's podcasts, but as far as doing my own... Mm-hmm. I think that'll be pretty limited. Maybe if they bring Sensate back, <laughs> which yep. will never happen, but you know. <laughs> no, right. It won't. <clears throat> Are you still dealing with annoying Sensate people who want to boycott Netflix? I'm just, I pretty much checked out of the Sensate fandom. <laughs> I sign onto the Twitter maybe once every two or three weeks and I'm like, oh, that's all I need to see for now. And back to my own personal account. But yeah, I think I mean last time I did check there was still somebody posting how they're not they've not given up on season three. I don't think people are still Oh, oh, actually last yesterday like the past few days I looked and somebody was tweeting like I still haven't forgiven Netflix for not promoting Sense Eight. They're still whole not promoting thing. And maybe they didn't promote it as much as some of their other shows, but they did promote. I mean, some people act like they never promoted the show once. And I'm like, I saw advertisements from Sensei when I was at the gym. I didn't, unless, unless I made that up, unless I'm just imagining I saw that. But well, They probably did for their first season. Yeah, it was the first but season. What I've noticed lately about Netflix is that stuff just appears, and I am like shocked that like the second half of the last season of Kimmy Schmidt was like suddenly on my Netflix queue, and I'm like, oh, when did that show up? And then I look it up, and it it like debuted two months ago, and I'm like, well, didn't why did no one say anything? Like what suddenly like the new season of One Day at a Time is on is in Netflix, and I'm like, well, how? It used to be like a big deal when stuff came back on and, you know, but now it's just it's there. You know, like no yes. advertising, no promotion. There's a new show. There's a new movie. There's a new documentary, a new season. Like what? Ha- what? Yeah, there's so much. I find out a lot of stuff through the emails they send out, but some stuff just from, you know, the Internet, just Facebook or whatever. Oh, the new season's out this week or something. Yeah. I, I, but I feel like their emails could even be a little... B- little better about 
like it really should be more like a channel guy. You never ever go to a motel or a hotel and they had HBO and they had that little guy that was like, this is what's on HBO this month. Like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish I had something a little more informational. I, I'm Again, I'm always thinking about my parents and how difficult it, like this new world is for them <laughs> and, and how I have to be the one who spends time like compiling stuff like – Mom, Dad, I think you'll like this. This is where you'll find this. This is this is where you'll find it. Okay, so you want to watch this on Hulu? This is how you turn on the Xbox to watch Hulu. And it's like because I don't live with them and I'm a state away. It's very hard for me to to like help them through because I don't want them to completely disengage with the world and just be like, well, I guess we'll just die now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't want that to happen. So I, I'm trying to like bring them into the 21st century. But companies like Netflix, like they really think everybody has their their finger on the pulse of how stuff works. Yeah, yeah. So this is Spartacast. Still, yeah, still, it's been a while. Yeah. Before we uh, recorded, I was busy compiling all the ratings from last season. I really should edit these episodes because <laughs> there's some weird stuff going on with my side of the um, call. I think it's happening in the editing part because you're fine and Steve was fine. But a lot of my stuff is getting cut out somehow. Are you truncating silence? I'm truncating silence and filtering out the noise. So I think something's happening in one of those it's probably the noise. It's probably the noise filter. Then it's pro- yeah. you're probably taking too much out. Yeah, I would. If for me, I mean, you you're a professional, but uh, make sure you play back like 20 minutes of it after you do the <sighs> remove the remove noise. Make sure you're not clipping yourself too much, yeah, otherwise your senses fall off. I don't remember it being that way in season one and. Whatever the last time I went back and listened, I guess one in t- uh, the prequel, but something it was like every episode of last season, it was like that. So I guess I should listen before I release instead of waiting till you know months later to listen. Oh, so yeah. Anyway, so our ratings for last season. Well, as far as winners and losers, seems like a Lithia one, a couple, and Globber won a couple. I guess they had good seasons until they died. Um, I don't know. There are different losers throughout the season. But we gave the season overall an 8.08. Uh, we gave Gods of the Arena a 7.68 and the first season a 7.83. So I think that that's kinda... I think that's I think that's good. Watching these first two episodes of the new season, I'm so glad we're not in the Ludus anymore, even though I mean they're reusing the set so very clearly we are, but we're not. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's it feels bigger. So and and the cast feels bigger and it, it just it's all it's all gelled finally. Um whereas the first season felt uh, too long it was extra length wasn't it wasn't it 13 episodes it was 13 it needed to be 10 or even shorter like there there was a lot of uh water that was being treaded it's it's better now yeah they um sent on the commentary i mean i remember when the show was on their original plan was to do i think five seasons but then there was Andy Whitfield leaving and that kind of threw a wrench and then they were saying in this commentary that 
originally they were, you know, they were going to spend like a whole season of, you know, with Spartacus defeating these different generals. Like they showed one in like a flashback um, of him defeating them. That would have been like an entire season. And then the two that he defeats in this season, this episode would have been an entire season. But they um, ended up. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, they ended up realizing (laughs) that the main story was um, Spartacus versus Crassus. So they just focused on that and decided to end it this season. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're approaching a good end point. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I kind of want to stop doing the podcast. I (laughs) feel like it's. We've hit all the beats many times. Yeah, there's only so much they could do. Yeah. Um, do you have any f- historical facts? I do. Hold on, let me bring it up on my other screen here. <laughs> do you remember at the beginning of the first episode when Spartacus took that eagle and bashed the guy's head in with it? Yeah. Uh, so that reminded me of the pilot of Rome, which yeah. is called the Stolen Eagle, and the whole plot of that was that Caesar's eagle got yanked, and Titus and Titus Polo and, and Kevin McKidd from Grey's Anatomy, whatever his character was, uh, were uh, tasked with getting it back. Uh, and I wondered if that was a real thing that happened. I wanted to know more about that eagle. Well, it's not. It's not a real thing because um, I saw on the Rome wiki that the guy who wrote Rome, I think it was Bruno Heller, um, made it up. Fictional, sadly. But the eagle itself is a Roman standard. Essentially, it's a symbol for a particular Roman infantry unit. Uh, kind of like how Grandpa Simpson from The Simpsons was a member of the Flying Hellfish. There, this infantry would be a member of the eagles. There were other symbols too: the boar, the wolf, the horse, the minotaur. But uh, eventually, my sorry, my cat is being super weird. Um, it, eventually, it became just the eagle. If you have an eagle, it means you're part of the infantry. Uh, and these dudes, they they carried all sorts of banners. One was the dracon. Oh, my God. I want to say Dracarys, like Daenerys would say it. <laughs> Draconarius, or a serpent. That if you have that on your banner, it means you're a member of the cavalry. The, you know, the horsey soldier guys. Nice. But they would have uh, banners of the emperor, banners of, like, this big open hand that that was um, – called Manus, that that was the Latin name. It uh, symbolized the loyalty of soldiers and the trust they had in their leaders. And they just they liked carrying these banners around. It was a big deal for them. They liked them. <laughs> they used them uh, to kind of like how the pitcher and, and the catcher would like make, make little signals to each other in uh, baseball. They would dip and weave these banners around uh, to tell their men to do shit like engage and stop and go to different formations and it was all very tactical too like the way that they they bobbed and weaved these things uh but it was also just like a big deal to have them because they they were 
carved with the the letters SPQR, which stands for Senatus Populus Romanus, the Senate and people of Rome, which means not only did the standard represent the infantry unit, but it also represented the laws and the people of the entire empire. No. And uh, there, there, so this is fun, but under the reign of Augustus, Roman legions were ordered into the region of Germania for the purpose of conquering. And it went badly. I, I just hit, I had here in my notes, they went for the purpose of reasons. And they were ambushed for reasons. And three of their standards were lost. So about seven years later, the, the Roman general Germanicus went on a bloodthirsty rampage through the region just to get these stupid things back. Really? But he wanted them back primarily because it was a symbol. And he knew that if the people saw that he had them, they would think he was hot shit. So he wanted to get him back. He got two of them back. People were super stoked. He got him back. But the Emperor Tiberius, who may actually be this little kid in this show, I haven't really done the chronology yet. I haven't done the timeline yet because it's Roman history and super confusing. I'm not really sure I want to spend the time. But the Emperor at the time, because Augustus was dead at this point, uh, but don't ask me why or how, Tiberius was like, Germanicus, you acted of your own accord, kind of at my expense, just to get this thing back so people would like you and you're not getting any brownie points for doing it because I didn't authorize this. And you, you went rogue, buddy. But the point is, it was a super big deal to get those things back. And I don't think it's any coincidence that when Spartacus bashes that dude's head in with it, that yeah. it's kind of symbolic that he's taking the thing that means the most for Rome and using it as a weapon against the Romans. Like It's pretty, I was going to say on the head, but that sounds like a pun. Huh. Anyway, that's those again. are my fun facts. Awesome, thank you. I have to look again, but I think this Tiberius was fictional. I know Crassus had two sons. I can't remember if this Tiberius was made up or if he was supposed to be representing the younger. No, because he had a the we saw the younger son on the show. I think the younger son was the one who um, was killed in. Yeah. I have to read again. It's history. <laughs> I read a little bit last night, but he was like killed like later on after the slave war was over. Craxus just wanted to go invade somewhere and ended up getting his butt kicked and his son was killed. One of the, f the fun fact things that I'm going to have to do at some point is like a list of all the emperors and how they died because I was reading through it and I was it was pretty uh, illuminating and slash hilarious. So <laughs> nice. we'll do like a little rundown. So we are here gathered here today to discuss the first two episodes of season three of Spartacus War of the Damned. Is the name of season three, the final season. Uh, the first episode we're discussing is Enemies of Rome. It originally aired January 25th, 2013. It was written by Mark Be uh directed by Mark Beasley and written by Stephen S. DeKnight. And there is commentary on this episode on the DVDs by Rob Tappard, Mark Beasley, and producer Chloe Smith. 
So, yeah, apparently they used a lot. I don't know if she was, Chloe Smith was talking about this one episode or if she was talking about like the season, but I think she was talking about this one episode. She said they used 9,000 liters of blood. Yeah. Wish I could see that. CGI blood? Nine, nine liters of CGI blood? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe like they're whatever they do, fake blood with. I, I guess there's, they have stepped up their like practical effects game. Yeah, they had a new DP this season. So this first see first I noticed the CGI fight going in the background. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was first thing I said, oh they must have used massive to do that cuz that's what they used on Lord of the Rings and other movies and then I looked it up and yeah they did use massive. It, it looks a lot like the Battle of Helm's Deep just not as good. <laughs> Do you have you watched Lord of the Rings lately? Like, does it hold up? You mean the CG? Any the, part of it? Any part of it at all? I was watching it every year uh, up until maybe like three years ago, and I still love it. Uh, the CG, I think, on Blu-ray, you can definitely tell. You know which parts are CG. I mean, I mean, it stands out a little more. I think in high def, but it still looks really good. And I still love watching the movies. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm happy for you. I I have like no interest in watching that like ever again, and <laughs> I don't know when that happened because I used to be all about it. Yeah. I so to- I don't know. I, yeah, like I, I bought the extended editions and I would listen to the commentaries. I never really I would I don't think I watched like all of the documentaries that were on the the extra two discs that came with each film. I probably did for the Fellowship of the Ring and maybe for the Two Towers, but I think by the time the Return of the King came out, I was like kind of done with it cuz it was a lot. It was I watched all of those documentaries when they came out, and then a few years ago, I did, uh, when The Hobbit was about to come out, I watched it all again. I don't think I've watched, listened to the commentaries yet. Um, maybe next time I watch them, I'll do that. I, 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 I always just listen to the cast commentaries because it was always fun <clears throat> to uh, to listen to those. Although I believe they edited them in such a way that. At least this is my memory of it. This may not be true. That, like, let's say the Hobbits were all, like, recording together, but then some other plot, like, those characters would record together, and they would only, you'd only hear them talk about their scenes, maybe? And I always find it interesting when, like, on the Game of Thrones commentaries, when you get actors talking about the scenes that they were not actors in, and just sort of commenting as fans or of first time yeah. viewers and stuff on other people's stuff. Like I find that actually more interesting than hearing what people have to say about their own scenes. Yeah. I don't know. I see that. Whatever. But speaking of battle scenes, cause I saw an article about game of Thrones mm-hmm. and it, it was saying that this one battle scene in the f- last season is going to be like the longest battle scene that was ever, has ever been put on film or something. Really? Because they did a 30-minute... Didn't they do a 30-minute battle scene on Game of Thrones one time? I think so. Probably that Battle of the Bastards, or, or almost that whole episode at the Wall when the oh, Wildlings the, came the, over was... Yeah, that one. So the comment from the director or whoever was that he watched the Battle of Helm's Deep and 
he says, quote the article, that he was trying to calculate the moment when battle fatigue sets in for the audience, and he doesn't want that to happen. Uh. So I feel like it's a very important when you're doing battle stuff to show the personal side of it, kind of like in Game of Thrones when they attacked the city, um, King's Landing, and how they would keep going inside to see how people were dealing with that. I feel like you ha- you must have the personal with the action. Oh, that scene uh, where they went north of the wall and were attacked by the wildlings um, and they escaped on the boats. I got the last one. I think that was a really... Hard home, yeah. Hard home, yeah, yeah. That was so good. Anyway, this is not a Game of Thrones podcast, but... <laughs> so we fishnet are- guy. That was, <laughs> I was... I love seeing fishnet guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we'd ever actually see that in Game of Thrones because it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> And Nasir is twirling around with his bow staff. He's gotten really good at fighting. Yeah, it's been about a year since the last time we saw everybody. If I was taking bets on who's going to die by the end of the season, I'm going to say Nasir is going to die. Yeah. Because he seems like a real gentle soul, right? He seems kind of too good. I feel like his death is he's going to have like a hero death. Yeah. Um, Nasir, whoever this blonde lady is that we see a lot. Yeah, I don't know her name. She's yeah. some German lady, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Or did the German lady die? It was No, I think she's the German lady. Okay. She's in the um, menus as well, which makes me think she's going to stick around for a while. She's one of the little menu characters. Yeah. Pops up on the Blu-ray menu. But I, I loved the um, sound effect when the guy got hit by the eagle. It made a little screech. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's eagle. funny. That's <laughs> funny. Like, You're dead. <laughs> it's great. And when those two Romans escaped, it just looked so weird. I don't know. <laughs> just the CG going on. This is TV show budget. Okay. It's... I know. Well, it comes from a place of like this show's goofy looking, but that's okay. Like, yeah, I I accept its limitations. It's way worse when a show has been at a certain production quality and then suddenly it's bad. Like Outlander last season where all of a sudden they're doing CGI riverboat stuff. And you're like, how does the show look so cheap and awful right now? And it's like, oh, because it's CGI all of a sudden in the background. They've never done green screen stuff. And all of a sudden they're doing it all the time and it's terrible. Like, I'd rather it be consistently bad than just suddenly bad. It's way more distracting. Yeah, they started the Spartacus doing green screen. So it's, it's no big deal. Right. It's no big deal. I'm used to it. Except those Coliseum scenes, like I'm so happy we're not seeing those arena scenes. Those were always <laughs> like beyond terrible. And this is like, I mean, yeah, there's some battle stuff, but it's all in the background. Like it's it, it doesn't seem so central to anything the way that those the arena scenes were. Yeah. Anyway, it's the last season. They're kind of throwing everything. I mean, they're. Doing everything, uh, throwing the whole kitchen sink at us, I guess. All the fighting and, um, yeah, so they win. 
So we're introduced to Crassus, Marcus Crassus. Who is a real person. Yeah. I don't know anything about him. I just very, very briefly looked online about Julius Caesar just to kind of see. I I guess I was I thought he was an emperor, but they don't call him emperor. But that's when I kind of figured out that he was the last Caesar. And after after he died, then then they became emperors. I think I again, I have to really look a little more into it. But I kind of feel like if I want to spend an effort figuring out who like the line of succession for people who are long dead, I would rather put my effort into, well, A, anything else. But B, uh, I've always been more interested about like English royalty and trying to figure out like when the chronology of certain kings and queens and, and all that like that. That that more recent European history is more interesting to me than Roman history. But I did do a little looking at Caesar and found that he had some debts, and he has been a benefactor was a rich dude named Crassus. So he's a he is yeah. a real guy. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah there's evidence that um yeah the uh, Crassus kind of took him under him, took Caesar under him, raising. Yeah, um, but I don't know that Caesar had anything to do with the war against the um, slave revolt. Yeah, he, that could be fake. Even though he's in this, I think he was in the '60s version of Spartacus. I think he was in the um, Goran Viznich Spartacus series or movie, whatever. So they like including Caesar, but I don't think know if he had anything to do with it in real life. I feel like he's a real like sort of point of reference for a lot of, especially Americans, about ancient Rome. Like you gotta have you gotta have Caesar, and of course Caesar's just a title. It's not his name. Like he's not Joe Caesar. Um, just like Leonardo da Vinci is not da Vinci. That's like, like da Vinci's not his name. It's where he's from. Caesar is a title. Yeah. It's a bit you know it's a bit like calling um, saying. Mr. President, but there's how many presidents? Like, it's not really a sufficient name. Yeah. So I was wondering, because I was wondering if um, this Caesar actually was Julius Caesar, and of course it was, but for a little while there was a little bit of a mystery. And he's not even in this episode, so let's wait on him, because okay. I want to I get, I want to talk about him, but... Yeah, we did talk about him. <laughs> um... So, Crassus is really, like, built. I think he spent, like, six weeks in a boot camp being tortured to get in shape for this role. He's an Englishman, I think. Yeah, he Uh, looked pretty fit. Um, uh, Kind of odd, though, that a rich Roman would bother? Not sure what he was trying to prove or do like with all the fighting what he's ready for command but if you're in command you're not actually doing the fighting no <laughs> so i don't i don't know what his purpose was and i don't know what his son's deal is either yeah out mm. of his yeah son just wants to I don't know. Well, son's a his son's a brat. Yeah. So that's you know that's fine. Um, 
what I wanted to have happen have happened is that uh, Crassus is fighting his slave, and he tells his slave, "All right, uh, you're holding back," and and the slave's like, "Yeah, of course I am. Like I can't hurt you. You're <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, let's make a deal. You give it everything you got. You kill me. You get to go free. And I kill you. Then, <laughs> oops, you're dead. You know. So." They should. I don't know. They didn't shake on it. But um, <laughs> what I wanted to have have happened is that the slave actually does kill him, and then the son has to make a decision of: Do I honor my father's wishes and let this slave go? Because he also killed my dad, and I don't like that, and I don't like letting slaves go. Or do I disobey my father's last command to me and like yeah. and like dishonor my father? It would have put that kid character like giving him like a real dilemma because i i find him more interesting than than dad i don't like dad and he has a friend who i think is more than just a friend i'm getting that vibe too yeah (laughs) Um. i kind of thought that dad would kill the gay lover i was getting braveheart vibes too like Remember on Braveheart where this, the the one guy got pushed out of the window? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Well, the the son of the king had a gay lover, and uh, the king threw the, his lover out the window. Oh. Splat. So I kind of thought that um, dad would kill the lover. Like, like, he's being a distraction or whatever. Or no son of mine. But I guess back then they didn't care. I don't think that did dad know about it. I saw his mom kind of almost or kind of walked in on them. Hmm. Not really sure what mom's deal is either. Does mom know that his that her husband is palling around with the slave girl? No, probably. I don't. I I don't know what this family is all about. So, I don't really care. <laughs> I guess I don't really care either. I find the son a little interesting because. He kind of seems, well, he seems like a brat. Yeah, obviously. But maybe he has some sort of potential. I thought maybe. Die. Oh, they're all going to die. But I kind of thought that maybe son and mom would team up because they both feel like they're being mistreated by dad. I wonder if Caesar will be the one to kill him. I don't remember if he dies or not, or who kills him. Is the 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 other kid Sabinus? Something it, like that. Is Tiberius and Sabinus, because that would explain my note where I just wrote Tiberius and Sabinus want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote, "Wife is giving me Alithia vibes, but she's no Alithia." No, <laughs> he can't replace Alithia. Okay, so then this note I wrote, ooh, give me them entrails. So in the in the camp, there's like a butcher guy and he's hacking away at a horse. And Spartacus says, Yo, who gave you permission to kill that horse? And the guy's like, Oh, it was lame anyway. So I killed it. And then he takes this like entrails and he just throws it in the dirt. And all these kids run up, and they're and they're like, "Give me those entrails! I want those dirty yeah, entrails." Um, I mean, he saves some of it, you know. I guess the good parts. Yeah, but did you have to put them in the dirt? Yeah. Just put them in a bucket or something. 
Like it's, it's kind of like throwing food out for pigs to eat, you know. It's it's extremely um, debasing of those. Yeah. What children. a dick! I don't remember his name. The butcher. Um, no, I don't remember either. Well, he's dead now too. <laughs> and he doesn't realize he's talking shit about Spartacus to Spartacus. There's this whole thing in these two episodes about how people don't know what Spartacus looks like. Which yes. is yeah. Oh, and I was thinking about that in the second episode when he's in the city and he can just walk around. I'm like, oh nobody knows what you look like. Because all the people who knew what you look like, you killed them last season. <laughs> you killed them all. So you can, you can just walk around. That's pretty cool. These people would kill you if they knew who you were. They were. They would, um, yeah. Gannicus is having fun, as always. He has a foursome. He does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Gannicus. I think he's he's a lot more fun than Crixus. Crixus is still pretty much a sad sack. Um, but Gannicus is more fun. Though I, I do feel like the show... Um, is probably giving itself credit for being progressive and the fact that they have two um, male lover characters, but you don't see anything from them. But you'll see two women and just in the background going at it. I'm just saying, yeah. there's a double standard. Negron, I think, is their shipper name, or was their shipper name? Yeah, okay. Apparently, this is what of, they were saying in the commentary. I don't remember, but apparently, this is one of people's favorite couples on the show. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. They're, they're sweet together. They're nice. Yeah. There aren't a lot of couples, really. I mean, there's Navia and Crixus. Spartacus dumped his <laughs> before she died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if he's going to get it on with a rich lady. He put her in chains. <laughs> no, Spartacus, don't do that. Um. Oh yeah, Sabinus. Um. Where's so then? There's this um trap. I get, well, Crixus agrees. Craxus, I mean, he agreed to serve under those two. I can't. What are their names? Furious and something. So that Furious, Furious or crap? Uh, God damn it! I can't. I just so many. I'm getting the names confused. Um, he just always had this look on his face. I couldn't quite put a description to it. The one who like didn't talk as much. How oh, it just looked like, especially like when they were bathing or getting bathed. Just had this. Oh, you're talking thing. about the two Roman generals. Yeah, those two guys. Oh yeah, I don't. You don't need to know their names. Yeah, but they just. <laughs> one of them just always had this weird look on his face, like he was up to, like he was, I don't know, like he was devious or something. Well, he, they're of course they're devious. They're Roman scum. We don't like. Oh. No. no. But yeah, so Crassus was going to serve under them, but he you know, was actually putting this plan into motion. So I'm guessing that whole note to um, that Spartacus and them found about the 10,000 men, I'm guessing that was part of the plan, too. Maybe he wanted that note to be found. I think he got some of his men killed on purpose. 
to take command. Yeah, that yeah. was that was my impression of it as well, especially when the kid later was like, "Oh, you you had a plan all along." Yeah. You you were playing uh, chess while well, they were playing checkers, and then the dad said, "How do you know that expression? <laughs> those yeah. aren't those things haven't been invented yet. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they have been. It's but, a comic thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was he was planning something. I'm not sure how it all shook out in terms of like like really logistically how he did it, but I got the idea that he did something, and now that was good enough for me. I didn't really care. Yeah. Tiberius does get punched by the slave. Oh, when they were training. Yeah, yes. He spars with the slave and gets hit. Just It was a good he apologizes. Well, you know nothing's gonna happen to you yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's one of the, this dad, he's one of those dads like I gotta toughen my son up. Yeah. He's a sissy boy. He plays with dolls. Got to toughen him up. <laughs> Thinks he knows everything. Um, I don't know. This episode was kind of slow. I think the first time I watched this one and the next one, I was falling asleep. It was it was a lot of setup for the season. You had all these new characters to introduce. Right. Yes, and they all have complicated names, and they all look. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that kid! That kid had hairy legs. Did you notice how hairy his legs are? No, but I'm gonna go back and look now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, Tiberius? Yeah. Oh. And like in, his, in the first scene, I wrote, "God, that kid has hairy legs." <laughs> the snotty kid has hairy legs. Um. Then I wrote, "Anicus gets him." Um, yeah, Gannicus. So, uh, those two fools, those two Roman scum, they try to surrender to Spartacus, but Spartacus ain't having it. No mercy from him now. No. No. I mean, yeah. It's, I don't want to be a Roman apologist. But <laughs> uh, a lot of these soldiers are just following orders. It's like you, he's, he said, I think he says something about, um, you know, no Roman. I'm going to kill all the Romans, whatever. And yeah. they're, some of them, like, they just don't know. They don't have a choice. They don't know any better. They don't have a choice. There weren't a lot of options. Like, I don't know. Not a lot of career options for for Romans back then. It's like every people the people who were born into wealth feel like it was their destiny to be born into wealth. Like like the gods favor them or they're descended from the gods. And anybody who's not is like divinely like not supposed to. Like it's just not. Like sorry, you're a slave. You you were born a slave. Like no hard feelings. <laughs> It's been they, it's divine, you know. I'm a descendant from Zeus, and you're not. No, sorry. Yeah, then they capture people. I mean, how do you? 
decide, oh, uh, this person, I'm going to make them a slave. I captured him just going about his business. I'm going to make this person a slave. I guess through all throughout history, people are just able to justify their actions. And I think just their lineage, their kind of lineage and family history is one way that they do that. They just, they're okay. They don't see them as people. That's really the bottom line, right? They don't see them as equals. So I kind of feel bad when some of these soldiers die because they don't, they just don't know any better. Yeah. No one's really had the opportunity to sort of like bridge any kind of divides. It's just always violent all the time. No one thinks anything through. They live short lives. They're all very sad to me. <laughs> just get a hobby. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Try to improve yourself. Found some shirtless. I'm just pictures. blathering at this point. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at shirtless pictures of Tiberius from later in the season, so you have that to look forward to. Oh, there you go. Does he bulk up? He's got abs. Yeah. It's on a Pinterest called Eye Candy Male Models. It's got um, Caesar. And it's got Captain Kirk shirtless. I don't know what that slave's name is, the one who kills, or who was killed by Chris, Chris, Crassus? Um, I think it was Hilaris. Something with an H, I think, yeah. I I just put up, his name was Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) What his actual name is. It's too bad he died. Yeah. But he's going to get a monument. He's going to get a statue in his honor. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. I'm going to build a statue in your honor because you were like the best sparring partner ever. Oh, thank you, Dominus. Like, just put in a really shitty situation. And you can tell the Crassus just doesn't even value the guy's life, no matter. He's not going to build that statue, right? He's probably not. I'm going to do it. I'm totally going to do it. Just like whenever I, I go to a restaurant, I really like. I'm like, I'm gonna leave a positive review on Yelp. I'm definitely gonna do that. I'm definitely gonna re- leave that Yelp review. I never do. <laughs> Just like the listener, the the two people who listen to this podcast, I'm definitely gonna leave that five star review on iTunes. I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna, well, not right now, but tomorrow morning i'm gonna get up early and i'm gonna leave that five star review on itunes that you don't do it do you don't no you don't those last two episodes i um we posted before christmas had like two dozen downloads each nice last i checked (laughs) they're not listening to it though just downloading it it's like what people say like i'm gonna pray for you like are you actually going to do that are you just saying that because that sounds like the nice thing to say. I feel like that takes like seconds to do if you yeah. to do it. Well, it's a lot harder to write a, write an iTunes review. Okay. Next time, like someone says, "I'll pray for you," you should say, "Instead of praying for me, could you leave an iTunes review?" <laughs> <laughs> Can you go to iTunes and look up Spartacast and leave a review? I'll be on my deathbed. I'll have cancer. I'm. I will pray for you. I'll be like, <laughs> "Could you just leave an iTunes review?" <laughs> More people remember me that way. I'm okay to move on to the next episode. 
I agree with you. There's not a lot going on in this one. Yeah, they realized they needed to find a bigger home, like a city. All right. So do you have any quotes? Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I never remember to write down who says them. So I'm trying to think back. Who, who said this? This is an exchange of dialogue. When Rome falls, I fear we shall split the heavens in celebration. And fuck Jupiter as he plummets to the earth. Oh, you believe you fuck as a god now. I boast upon evidence given. Okay, that's um, Negron. Like, yeah, that's who that is. That's that oh, one. Okay. Yes. I was going to guess it was Gannicus, but yeah. I think it's Nasir telling Agron, oh, you believe you fuck as a god now. Yeah, that sounds... And he right. says, I boast upon... I boast but upon evidence given, so... You know... What did they use for, like, lubrication back in those days, I wonder? Mmm, upcoming fun fact. I, <laughs> <laughs> didn't we... I feel like we talked about it. Maybe we did. I was, this is why I was paused for a second. Like, do we talk about that already? I'm sure they had, like, various oils and things that they probably just, like, combined with water. Okay. I don't know. I figured it out. A little spit. <laughs> okay. Um, I have, who else is with you? Fine fucking tongue. Who is with you? And the reply, death. That was the Romans talking to Navia. She replied... <laughs> Before she killed that guy. I have kill many Romans and return to my arms with their blood hot upon you. Aw, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more. Mm. Um, who's the winner of this episode? Let me cover my mouth when I talk. Um, the winner is the dad because he uh, killed those two guys. His son was super impressed with his long-term strategies. Crassus. He, he beat, uh, yeah, Crassus. He, he beat his slave, um, at when the slave did not hold back. So he, he has that validation. He needed that. He's a fighter. I think he he's a big winner this episode. What do you think? Some guy has to die just to stroke his ego. Pretty much. Um, I have no strong argument for anyone else. Maybe Spartacus and his merry men for defeating well, but that was all part of a plan. Yeah, I'll go with Crassus. Okay. You don't have to agree, but I'll take it. And I want to retract all that uh, Roman apologizing I was doing. I really don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Retraction noted. Is the loser uh, hilarious? Um, I would say hilarious. Maybe he will get a Yelp review. But I think that's... That ran away, chicken shit, but still got their heads chopped off. That's pretty, pretty shitty. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of slaying. Um. 
I don't know who's the best. Well, you tell me who yours is, because I know who mine is. I don't know. Was I can't remember. I can't. I'm having trouble like distinguishing what happened in which episode. Wasn't there someone who got like their face cut off? Yeah, that's episode two. Um. I'm just going to go with Navy uh, killing that Roman soldier. There's there's some decapitations. I think she's I think the producer said there are like 20 something decapitations. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Navy then just cuz I've heard death that's that sounds good. My coworker um, said she's never she started watch Game of Thrones, but she couldn't take it when the guy's head was chopped off. I'm like, which guy's head? Like the young guy's <laughs> head was chopped off. Oh, the guy from the Night's Watch who ran away. That's like three minutes into the episode. She's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, then it's probably not a show for you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get better. Uh, my my sleigh is. When Spartacus hit the guy with the eagle, and the eagle went, wah! Because <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, best lay. I know the scene with Gannick has lasted a long time. I'll it's give it... Yeah, it's either I'll that or it next year. I'll give it to Negron because even though we didn't see any of it, it I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it was uh, well received based upon evidence given. Yeah, <laughs> they have a nice relationship. Yeah, and it's nice. So ratings. Uh, seven out of ten. Harry liked little boys. No, that's awful. Uh, seven out of ten. Hilarious statues. Hilarious statues. Yeah, I was kind of like, uh, I wasn't really into it as much as like some of the episodes at the end of last season. It was set up and I was... It wasn't a lot happening. I'll give it seven and a half out of ten. I'll give it hairy leg little boys. <laughs> <laughs> Men playing boys. You know, it's hard, it's gonna be tough, I think, to like this season because we don't have Alithia and we don't have Lucretia. I know. <laughs> like they're those are our gal pals. We we love their bitchy <sighs> like frenemy vibes right yeah so to not have them it's it's gonna be tricky yeah i'm okay i'm okay not having um globber yeah globber and guys like the men were not as fun as the women so is this gonna it's gonna be kind of a lift i think that the season's gonna have to do we'll have to see i'm a little intrigued by julius caesar I remember, um, I think I kind of struggled with the first part of the season back in the day. And I looked at the ratings. They were kind of the lowest for the series at the beginning. But people came back at the end to see the end, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, The second episode is called Wolves at the Gate. 
originally aired February 1st, 2013, directed by Jesse Warren, written by Aaron and Todd Helbling, Helbing, and there's a commentary by Stephen DeKnight, Manu Bennett, who plays Crixus, Liam McIntyre, who plays Spartacus, and Simon Morells, who plays Crassus. Yeah, uh, I'm like, muting my bike because I'm like sniffling and sneezing. You're going to buy a bike? Muting my mic. Oh, I was. Every so often because <laughs> I'm sniffling. You're coming down with a cold. But it will probably, probably won't notice it because. <laughs> what's the, what's the weather like in Portland? Is it's it been s- cold. Like it snowed yesterday a little. Um, We've gotten so much. We don't. It doesn't usually snow so much, but it seemed like we were gonna go through winter without a snow. But in the past like month, it like made up for the rest of winter pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, yeah, it's got. I was. I mean, I've been doing fine with like short sleeves all winter until I just passed. I mean, outside I put on a coat, but sitting around the house, I can just wear short sleeves. It's pretty warm, but. Well, we don't get snow here, but we get rain. And yeah. I keep thinking that this is the last week or weekend for rain, and it's going to stop. And it just doesn't. Yeah. It just keeps raining. Our rain stops in June, and 4th of July. I love rain, but kind of getting a little tired of it. Oh, just a little bit. I really just want my flowers, my perennials to bloom. <laughs> I want yeah. Some of them are, but... Want them all to want them all to bloom, and I don't feel like that's going to happen until it starts to warm a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's today. Yeah, it was a little warmer today, but yesterday it's like snow. I never thought I'd be tired of snow. Usually, I look forward to the snow, but just gotten so much snow in the condensed in the past month. So my first, well, my first note for this episode is. I like this jaunty music as we go to King's Landing. Because <laughs> I don't know what city we're actually in. Yeah, I can't uh, remember the name of it. And then I wrote, and you tell me what I what I meant by this. Because, I mean, I know what I meant, but I'm wondering if you can get my reference. I wrote, shit, they're going to Gladys that slave. Going to Gladys? Yeah. Um... The stoning, uh, I don't yeah. is it um, from uh, the Orange Box? I can't remember the name. The Orange Box? <laughs> the Gladys, the AI, I don't know. Oh, oh, I now I see. I was like, yeah, I knew what you meant by the Orange Box, but I didn't know what, like, yeah, that's Gladys. No, Gladys from The Leftovers, do you remember her? Oh, <laughs> which one was Gladys? She was a member of the Guilty Remnant, and she got stoned in the face. Oh, I don't remember and, that. Um, it's in the episode called Gladys. Okay. <laughs> in season one. Anyway, I had a little, I had a little fun. That's a little in joke for me. That's what that was. That's what that was. Hooplecast.com. Um, have y'all done the leftovers yet? We haven't. And I'm so pissed off that Matt and Mel won't watch all of the leftovers before we actually get to the pilot to talk about yeah. it on the show. Like they're just, it, they're not going to. I wanted to be able to talk about the show, but have somebody who has also seen the entire thing because I love the leftovers so much, but it's such a different show in the first season that it's kind of hard to, 
like really appreciate it unless you've seen the entire thing. Yeah, if you can get, it's kind of like Babylon Five. You got to get through the first season, and you're rewarded with something really good. But as second, uh, second season leftovers, just so good. Just everything, everything about it. I still like listening to some of the music from the show sometimes. Oh yeah, I love the I love the soundtrack. I guess we should talk about Caesar now, right? Julius Caesar. Caesar yeah, Julia. When, back when the show was on, I remember thinking he was like really hot, but looking at him now, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I don't know if my tastes have changed or what. It, watching him cry in the end was a real turnoff. <laughs> what was going on in that room? You know what? I need you to explain it to me because I, I was also confused. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I actually missed it the first time I watched the episode this week. But then I saw, I was like, what is, what are they doing? Maybe they'll explain later. I don't know what was going on. Even on the commentary, I was kind of, they didn't really. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Which room? What, which, because what are you talking about? The, with the blood. Okay, okay. I was talking about a different scene, but I want to talk about that too. It, because I didn't know what was going on in that either. He, um, it looked like a woman was giving him a circumcision or something. That's what I thought. But there was a scraping noise. Yeah, and he was kind of like had his toes curled. I don't know if he was enjoying what was happening or I don't know. Does he have a wooden cock? Did his penis get chopped off and she's carving him a new cock? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was weird. It was so weird. And he didn't look like he was in pain. And afterwards, he was smiling. So I don't know what that was. But there was scraping and there was blood. Yeah. At first, it looks like she's giving him a blowjob. But then you see the blood. And then I thought, well, did she, does he like her? Does, does he like it when she bites his like inner thigh or something? Yeah. Doesn't explain the scraping noise. So it's a total mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they explain it later. I, I think know. they're going to because he says something like, oh, I thought your father told you about it. Maybe when you're older or something. Or like, well, we know each other better. So it, it kind of seems like that's something that's going to get addressed. Yeah, okay. I hope so because that was just weird. Yeah. The but also weird is at the end. When he he's all pouty because he's going to have to take orders from the son, oh, Tiberius, which I don't quite get either because I figure if he's Julius Caesar, he doesn't have to be taking orders from a boy. So I don't I don't get the hierarchy. And I don't understand why he's. I get OK, so I guess he's in debt some for some reason. And this rich benefactor is going to sponsor him politically, financially, and therefore he's just going to have to let this guy's son be his boss. It's it's a little weird. He's going out to the glory. What are they saying? Like Caesar has the name but not the money and Crassus has the money but not the name because they're helping each other out. Going for glory and 
could be, but I think it's strange that Crassus would allow his son to be the commander. Like, I just don't see how that's going to fly for anyone. Unless I'm totally misunderstanding what's going on in that scene, which is totally possible because I really didn't get it. And I, re- I rewound it a couple times, but I was also trying to make sure I finished in time for this podcast because I watched everything Saturday afternoon except for the last 30 minutes of, of episode two. Yeah, because at first it sounded like um, Caesar was going to lead and the son was going to be going with him. But then Caesar got really pissed off like, oh, I guess he's not in charge. Yeah, and he yells like, I'm not going to take orders from a fucking boy. And then the camera like shows the outside of the tent and the, and the flap is like wide open. Like, every, did everybody hear that? Did all those soldiers out there hear that? <laughs> I guess Tiberius is the only one that didn't hear it. It kind of reminded me of those scenes from Arrested Development where, like, um, Jason Bateman's character would be arguing with his family and the camera would just sort of, like, slowly pan back and there's, like, 20 people in the room. It's like <laughs> that was the same vibe. It's like, did everyone just hear Caesar have, like, a total hissy fit? Probably not, but yeah. I like to imagine that they did. So this actor who plays Caesar, um, is he a surfer? Because he just looks like he's like a surfer, dude. He does. I don't know. I didn't look him up. I just know they were kind of making fun of him on the commentary because there's that one scene where he's talking to Craxes and he's kind of cricks, uh, crasses and he's wrapping a towel. Apparently, he uh, wanted to like kind of hold himself a certain way and they were kind of warning him not to do that. But he said, you know, I like this because it makes me look strong and then when he did it in the um in that scene they also just burst out laughing oh i guess with his arms kind of folded and you know standing he but. yeah he looks like a surfer he, he he's very australian like yeah. i know he's australian but he looks like every, every australian surfer <laughs> in my head he looks like he should be at bondi beach right now like he he just doesn't have any he doesn't seem like he has authority, which I guess is kind of the point. Like he doesn't, um, but he he looks very modern to me. And like nothing, yeah. uh, nothing about him seems right for for the role. Like I don't yeah. really know what Julius Caesar would be looking like. I, I mean, I know like in the Rome show, it was you know what's his face. Um, it was Matt's Raider. <laughs> yeah, but what's the actor's name? I uh, should know it. Syrian Hines. Yes. Or like that. Yeah, it's Syrian Hines. Um, I'm not saying that I was expecting a Syrian Hines like exactly the same look of an actor, but however, I thought Julius Caesar would look. It it doesn't look like Ken from Malibu, right? It doesn't yeah. look like this dude. <laughs> so ripped and. He would have been 29 at this time, I think they said, and he was, he really was on his way back from like a campaign when he got snatched up by Crassus. He hadn't seen his wife for a long time, mm-hmm. or wouldn't have seen his wife for a long time. I wonder if we'll get to meet Mrs. Julius Caesar. I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. But I guess I'm intrigued by his dynamic um, with the kid. Like, they're going to be at odds. So yeah, they're going to fight. 
That's okay. That I, was, I was half expected the kid to just store him in there and like punch, get into the fight with Caesar after um, when he saw the slave girl was so upset. Does he care about her? They seem to be friends. Yeah. Or friendly. She bandaged him up in the last episode. He's friendly with her, but she's also fooling around with his dad, which upsets his mom, I think. But I'm not really sure why it would. Can't really be a surprise to her that her husband is fucking the slave girl. It's probably just expected. Yeah. They, um... She wants to go with him, but I don't know. Did she decide that did he decide that they couldn't go? The wife wanted to travel with him. Yeah, he says you can't be in the company of men, and she says that's okay. I'll be in the camp behind. I'll be in the followers camp, and he's like, oh, with the slaves and the horrors. She's like, well, I don't want to stay here and be like apart from you, and he's like, you know what? Just pack, unpack. You're not going anywhere. Unpack. It's like <laughs> it's gonna go off to like a battle area just because she. How needy is she? <laughs> well, be I don't know if it's needing it. I don't know really what her motivations were, but she feels very dejected. That is that a word? That he's gonna leave her and so alludes to the effect uh, to the effect that the slave girl has more commands more of his attention and respect. That's true, yeah. And I kind of felt like at this point the son is also feeling not valued by his father and treated like a child. So I was wondering at this point, are mom and son going to team up against dad? But if you're telling me that the son likes the slave girl, would he ever do that to her for his mother? I don't know where his loyalties lie. I don't know where his... Loyalties lie with his possible gay lover. I don't know anything about these people. It's been two episodes, and I don't really know what motivates any of them, except that I guess they just want power. Well, that's kind of boring. That's what Badiata spent two seasons trying to get. But I I knew more about him. At least I I just don't know how they've aligned themselves with anything. The, I miss, anyway, uh, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm done talking about them. I missed something, but the um, wife that Spartacus gets friendly with and tricks her into trusting him. Um, they kept mentioning Cabin in the Woods, so I meant to look up to see if she was in that movie. What? Oh, you? Oh, I see. That the commentary they were mentioning it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. Um, I. She's pretty. I like her. Yeah, she is. She's got very smooth skin. So they have this plan to basically get in the city and open the gates, and they get help from one of Gannix's friends. Did that guy survive? Yes. Like I know he got cut. But... Yeah, he got hit in the face. Um, but then he was told to just go hide until it was over. <laughs> the blacksmith character. I liked him because he was just 
very honest. He's like, I will get in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to die. And they're like, and they're like, and then they kind of blackmailed him. They said, well, you know what? You, we've already gotten weapons from you. We'll just say you may, you know, you're colluding with us. And he's like, Oh, fine. I thought he was going to lock the Roman soldiers in that shed and throw the torch in there and actually set them all on fire. Yeah. But he did not do that. Missed opportunity. It feels like a missed opportunity. But he's not a fighter. Like, and that's okay. Like, not everybody has to be a fighter. His yeah. value was was making the weapons for the fighters. The other yeah, guy's fighter was butch- butchering horses for food to keep the camp supply. Like, everyone's got a purpose. That's okay. Not everyone needs to be a killer. Yeah. Gannicus would have lit them on fire, though. Yeah, Gannicus would. <laughs> um, so there's all this. Yeah, so this Spartacus did spare that slay more torture by throwing a rock really hard and hitting him square in the head oh, with it. Yeah. There's this whole thing with the ball that the little girl has that Spartacus picks up and. And then we see it again at the end when she's dead. Yeah. The ball is going to come back later in the season. He probably will carry it around with him as, like, penance. I think it symbolizes kind of his freedom or something. I don't know. Oh, that's, I hope not. It's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um, is childhood lost? <laughs> um. So... Yeah, so the guy's gonna like burn all the food. The guy that was gonna burn all the food was shown during this stoning scene. And I kind of got an impression then that he was gonna be like uh, an okay dude. He seemed yeah. like he just wasn't with the crowd and he didn't have bloodthirsty intentions. And I was wondering if he was gonna be like an inside guy or just a guy that would come around to helping Spartacus and his guy. Well, clearly, no, he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. Spartacus, yeah, I think Spartacus maybe didn't want to do it. At least that's why they were presenting it on the commentary, but then just realized he couldn't take the chance. So he stabbed him in the face. Mm, right through the mouth with a yeah. spear. Well, what's surprising, or maybe not surprising, but... What I've noticed is that his men just don't trust him, even after all of this. They are still doubting his decisions. Yeah. Very frustrating. They shouldn't be, because he's led them this far. But they'll still question, you're going to leave him, they're going to leave them alive? Yeah. They're bloodthirsty. They're very bloodthirsty. He's very out for revenge, too. He's like, I understand... What it feels like to, to lose a one. Put her in chains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Chris is doing that little leaping dive. See, I even... The first time I watched this, I was I was really out of it and falling asleep, so I didn't know why Crixus was jumping to save that torch. I didn't know what the implication of that was, what was going on. 
so what would happen? Just the grain goes up in flames and that's yeah. enough to what? Ignite the city? Is that the risk or is there risk? Well, just, just losing their food. I think that was a big deal. You can't get more? I don't... It's <laughs> this a lot is, of food. This is their only grain store? Like, what if it gets... What if rats Winter's get in there? Coming, I, so. I, don't, I just feel like you'd have more than just one supply of food in one place. You know, they put all their grain in one basket. Sorry. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> um, yeah, just can't have that food. That food could feed all of them throughout the winter. Hmm. Uh, so don't tell me, but I wonder if we're going to see that Ro- Roman woman again. The noble woman. Because I kind of li- I liked her a little bit. Hmm. You'll see. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we're into the podcast now. You can't watch anymore. I will come down there and take your Blu-rays from you. Mm. <laughs> well, the butcher guy got killed. Yeah, he's gonna. He was really careless, but he wasn't you know, the best fighter. He he, yes. he wasn't. Um, he was happy that his Dominus was dead. He's like, you know what? At least that dude's dead. I'm okay with dying. I was gonna die anyway. Only got eight more episodes left this season. The slaves that were cowering in the corner had some real faces on. There was some real D-minus acting happening there, especially the male slave. If you go back and watch it, he's making some goofy faces. I don't know. I was watching something recently where I noticed some of the back, some of the extras were doing some really bad acting. Maybe they weren't extras, but, you know, the non-speaking role people. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Leta, is that her name? Yeah, Leta. That sounds right. Maybe it's not, but I think that's what it is. No, this is where Crixus cut that guy's head diagonally this episode. Yeah. And that was Leta's husband? Our husband was the guy that Spartacus speared through the mouth, wasn't it? I didn't think so. I thought, I thought that that was just her friend. Yeah, I thought he was her husband. Oh, it probably is. I mean, it would make more sense if it was. That other guy. There was another guy who I think was just a friend. No, I mean she was at that Ludus, wasn't she? At the time that he was that the. Spartacus can walk around without anyone questioning who he is because no one knows what he looks like. So he walks into the Ludus and he, the guy was like, what are you doing here? Oh, you have business with my wife? And she's like, yes. That was the oh. kind of older, more, not fat, but a little heavier guy. Yeah. Not the, not the guy with the torch. It doesn't matter. 
You're dead. The leader of the city threatens to torch. Spartacus takes leader, the man's wife, hostage. Okay, I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> Spartacus, blah, blah, blah. Orders are in the chains. No more Romans are to be killed. I wonder if he's going to regret that. I like to think that there was some Roman who was, like, dying when he said that. And was like, you couldn't have said that, like two Romans ago. (laughs) (laughs) No more Romans have to die. Oh, man. (laughs) So the blacksmith guy there is talking about how that um, in real life, uh, there were Romans who did help the slaves because, you know, the poor, (laughs) um, they hated the rich just as much as the slaves did. I think that seems right. I think that's, Yeah, but it uh, he, they just killed indiscriminately. Like they, man, yeah. woman, child, kill them all. Who killed this girl? Yeah, he could have stopped before she got killed. He could have laid down some ground rules before they went into the, the, the city and had this plan. He could have said, "All right, okay, kill every Roman soldier." Kill every guy, like, over 30 or something. I guess he... But uh, leave the children alone. Leave the women alone. Don't rape the women. Um, you know, ground rules. Like, guys, like, let's win some hearts and minds. <laughs> I didn't think they'd have women and children in this big city. I don't have any quotes for this one. My Dominus is dead, then I shall follow him to the afterlife and piss on his shadow. Prenevia seemed upset. And I, this may be a Crixus quote. I but end suffering as I would for all so afflicted by festering disease of Rome. It might be Spartacus' quote. I like the, just the idea that they're infected by the festering disease of Rome. Like the, like the city itself is so vile that almost like it's a cancer. So it's kind of okay that you kill everybody because they're all infected. So The curse of having a common name is I get so many emails that aren't meant for me. Molly Harris has invited you to edit the following presentation, The History of Asian Americans. You should accept it. <laughs> I should edit this. <laughs> <laughs> and just re- just replace the document with Spartacast.com. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review. <laughs> we'll give you your document back. <laughs> Only thing I could just do... A document about, you know, just stereotypes. <laughs> just really awful stereotypes. Uh, who won this episode? Let me see. Uh, did anybody win? 
Spartacus's army took a city. It's pretty good. That's a, this is a pretty good victory for Spartacus. Yeah, I'm okay that, with Spartacus. Actually, one. based on something that happened during the real Spartacus War, uh, the loser. Mm. Caesar has to take orders from a boy. That's pretty humiliating. <laughs> and also, there's something wrong with his penis. Yeah, maybe his penis lost. He if seems a, kind of okay uh, with it, though. Like I, I don't know what's going uh, on there. That's that's the mystery that. that we're gonna solve. That's Oop. the mystery of the season. It's, yeah, I it's mean, more important than what was in the hatch. I or... was just gonna say, <laughs> lost had the hatch. Spartacus says that guy. His penis. What's what's wrong? What's wrong down there? Penis bleeding. <laughs> uh, best sleigh. Oh, best sleigh. Best. Oh, one of Spartacus's men, big guy with an axe. I know that narrows it down. Picks up a guy and just like axes him. Chops him up right. Well, he just picks him up. He just picks him up. Whack. He's holding him up right. Yeah, he just picks him up and yeah. just whack. And I was like, I just love the simplicity of that. And like, you could just tell like the guy is so strong, he will pick you up before he whacks you. Yeah. Half. Like anybody else would just like whack you, but this guy, I'll pick you up first, just to show you how strong I am. Hold you and start whacking you. I love that. If not that, what I would go with the um. Spear through the or no, I go with Gannicus cutting that guy's head diagonally. Mm-hmm. Was good too. This one had some violence in it. Best lay, I guess. Crashes and his um, I don't remember her name. The slave girl. Yeah, I don't remember her name either, I, and I don't even remember that they actually had sex. Or maybe it was just implied, I don't know. It could have been. I, I cannot remember any sexy times from this episode, but maybe there Other was Other than that scene with Caesar, <laughs> maybe that was... Mm. Uh, I mean, th- we let's put a pin in that, because maybe it really was sexy, <laughs> we don't know yet. Yeah. We can retroactively give it to. Yeah, <laughs> once we once we figure out what what that was, maybe we will look back on that and be like, "Whoa, that really was hot." <laughs> <laughs> I loved when I loved when she bit him on the cock and then used a nail file on his balls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um. Boy, this is like. Really good podcasting we're doing right here. I <laughs> can't. <laughs> uh, okay. What do I do? Oh, ratings. I like this one better than the last one. It's interesting to see Caesar, even though he's nothing like what I would expect Caesar to be like. Um, that was interesting. Even though this whole plan 
to take the city kind of dragged on for too long and maybe was a little convoluted. I don't know. It's, I'm glad that they have a good victory. Interested in seeing Tiberius. Um, I'm going to see what happens with him and his friend, his man friend. Um, I don't know. I don't think Crass, I don't know. Crassus may not have been in this as much, but it, I think he was a little more annoying in the last episode than he was in this one. I'll give it 8 out of 10 dripping penises. This one's definitely better than the last one because it does have Julius Caesar, and while I don't know what he's about and he feels wrong... <laughs> He's at least interesting. I want to know more about him. And I didn't feel like I wanted to know any more about Crassus. Like, I, I, I got that guy pegged as a rich prick who kind of didn't respect his family. Like, I got that. I don't, I don't know what he's about. Um, Caesar's a little more interesting. Um, I liked all the taking of the city stuff. It was super violent and awful, but very appropriate for the show and I liked Leda I don't really know much about her though I want to say she seems like a nice lady but I know she's an awful Roman bitch but maybe she'll be around stick around change your stripes I don't know we'll see uh, I'll give it 8 out of 10 slaves getting Gladys <laughs> alright we actually do have feedback this week yes Thank you, Steve. If I can pull it up, I will read it. <laughs> Said the tar to the vicar. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Steve says, Season 4, Episode 1, Enemies of Rome, where I thought last season's finale episode lacked, this season's premiere had it all Epic battles, tantalizing sex, and cunning maneuvering from both sides of the conflict. The Romans, all new entries to the series, were astutely introduced, and by the end of a single episode, I felt Spartacus had found a worthy new opponent in Crassus. Special kudos to the art department for mastering the art of the blood splatter. Oh, and by the way, winter is coming. Nipple count 10... Cock count zero. Rating 10 out of 10 severed heads. Wow. I thought there was cock in this episode. No, I think it's the second episode oh. when they're pillaging the city. There's like a guy that gets like. Yeah, that away. guy. Um, wow, 10 out of 10. You really liked it that much, huh? A season four, episode two Wolves at the Gate. Enter Gaius Julius Caesar. I went into a Wikipedia rabbit hole trying to determine which Gaius Julius Caesar this is with the campaign against the Mithridates as my only real clue. As the Third Servile War ends in 71 BC, this is indeed the famous would-be dictator H. 29, a far cry from the character portrayed by Sierra Hines in HBO's Rome. This is the mostly set up episode I expected for the season's opener. Thankfully, we got a much better premiere episode in Enemies of Rome, which meant, means Wolves at the Gate suffers instead. 
violent as hell, but otherwise mostly meh. Real nipple. This is shocking because <laughs> this, is the, this is the opposite of how we feel. <laughs> yeah. Nipple count 15, cock count 1, rating 6 out of 10, split skulls. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Well, I will. I mean, I agree with Steve on the fact that it, um, Crassus feels like a worthy opponent of Spartacus because he's definitely cerebral. He's. Yeah, he's egotistical, but there is a—he's got a brain. He's obviously scheming because he got those guys killed. We're not—I'm not sure how, um, but he's very high-level, high-level thinker. He may underestimate his son. That could be his weakness. His son feels undervalued. Yeah. So I can definitely see the kid turning on on his father at some point, and yeah, but I right now he definitely feels like a threat to Spartacus. I felt like episode one was more more set up than episode two. I mean, neither one of these is a, a real barn burner. But that's okay. Yeah. I guess I liked see episode two the most because it introduced Julius Caesar, and and I want to know what his deal is and how he's going to factor into the season. Because he does, he sticks out, and I, and I don't know if he sticks out of the show in a good way or a bad way. I haven't really decided. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just feel that they just. Well, I mean, he did. Crassus really did take Caesar's under his wing, but I don't think he had anything to do. Well, as far as we know, he didn't have anything to do with the slave revolt. I think they just kind of shoehorned him in because he was a famous figure that was around at this time. But mm-hmm. maybe I'll get a chance to read that book I've been reading to read for like the past two or three years about the war. Of course you will. I I totally believe that you're you're gonna do that. <laughs> uh huh. I've read a lot of books this year, just not good. That what was one. your favorite? What was your favorite book that you read this year? Also, it's only been two months. I think I've read six books already. Well, some of them were graphic novels. Okay. All right. This Let me does, see. Th- that doesn't count. Let me pull up. Two of them were graphic novels. Let me pull up my Goodreads. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. This is good podcasting. No, the audience wants to know. So I read The Great Alone by Christian Hanna, which is probably the favorite one. Uh, we Are Animals by Justin. We the Animals by Justin Torres, which I kind of hated. Uh, Severance by Ling Ma, which um, kind of a uh, apocalypse kind of zombie apocalypse kind of book which is pretty good uh, then I read the mm. first two volumes of the Umbrella Academy oh, okay. and most recently I read The Cuban Affair which is pretty good but the main character is very chauvinistic is that a, that's a novel then? The Cuban yeah. Affair? yeah by Nelson DeMille is that a affair like a romance affair or a affair like a political kind of thing? Uh, like a political so they went down to Cuba to Steal something. 
Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I started um, reading the um, last. It's. I I would pronounce it the last city of Z or Z. I would. It's tricky because it's about a British explorer who gets lost in the in South America looking for this you know supposed lost city that was like made entirely of gold. Um, of course, it's there's no way that's true, but it, it's about the. Have you heard of this? I want to recap it for you. They made a movie about it. um, But I would call it The Last City of Zed because that's how English people say that letter. And the guy was English. So if he's looking for the lost city, he's going to call it The Lost City of Zed. But I'm also half reading it, half listening to the audio book. And the audio book is read by an American who keeps saying it's The Last City of Z. So (laughs) that's why I was like ambivalent about how the title is pronounced. But... It's about a a guy who goes into the South America. He's looking for the city. What happens to him? He goes missing. He's a famous explorer. He goes missing. Um, And then half of the novel, um, sort of novel, is is told from the perspective of of like an investigative journalist who I believe is a real dude who wrote the book and how he's going to go in modern day, present day, go find possibly where this guy died and like get to the bottom of his disappearance and his wife is like totally cool with him doing that, which baffles me because why would you be? I haven't gotten too far into it, but I do love all the little anecdotes about the bugs and the things and the creatures and bacteria and all the stuff that can happen to you, your body when you're in the, uh, in the rainforest. And the thing that I really took away from that is this, why are the tribes of the Amazon so like underdeveloped in terms of like we think about first world and third world countries and the reason that the book puts forth as a, as a reason for that is that the Amazon is a place where everything is trying to kill you all the time. You can't plant anything because the soil doesn't allow for it. Um, the animals are deadly. The pests are, are deadly. Every, everything in the Amazon wants to kill you. And because every day is a constant struggle to survive and just live, you can't develop, you can't think past the day. So you're yeah. not developing technologies. You're not developing art and literature. You're not thinking about anything except the bare minimum of survival. You can't allow yourself to think anything past that. Consequently, these tribes just got stuck. And so then to think that they would be looking for some famous lost city made of gold is like preposterous. Yeah, I see that. That tiger is right past those trees. You can't, you know. Yeah. I started reading The Name of the Wind. The Name of the Wind. Oh. First book in a really popular series of fantasy novels. I'm like, everybody and their mother's been telling me I needed to read this for years. So I finally started on it. And I had trouble at the beginning getting, but it's starting to get good now. I'm probably like 120 pages into it. And it's just telling this really long story for the last, I don't know how many pages, but that was why I was struggling, because just reading this guy telling a story 
Mm-hmm. But the story is getting more interesting. The um the book cover looks familiar. I because I once in a while I, I will go onto the internet and look for a series like Game of Thrones. Like if you like Game of Thrones and a Song yeah. of Ice and Fire, what's another good fantasy series to read? And these these books come up, and I have tried one or two of them, and I just can't get very far into it. Like for whatever reason, they all seem so daunting. Yeah. But this, I mean, this book is really thick, and I think that's one other. I know lately I've like been enjoying reading like two or three hundred page books, but I read a really long one at the beginning of this year. Um, and this one's only supposed to be a trilogy, so it's not too much of a investment. He's kind of like George R. R. Martin, where he's taking a long time to get the last book out, and people are like, "When's that last book coming out?" So when you're gonna complete the trilogy? When he's ready, I guess. What's coming up next on the Spartacus program? Oh, I close my <laughs> close my uh, browser. So yeah, we'll be doing three and four next time. Um, which is Men of Honor and Decimation. Decimation. Yes. Okay. Men of Honor. There's no point in predicting because those those titles are vague. Yeah. They're not even fun. I'm going to say decimation. Something just goes terribly wrong for Spartacus. Like, I'm going to guess that because we're nearly halfway through the season that this is like the lowest, lowest point. Like half of his army's wiped out. He's decimated. No. I could be completely wrong, and it turns out it's the highest point, and he's completely decimated the Roman army. Someone's getting decimated. Or not. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> you can find us at Spartacast.com. Oh, wow. I don't, I'm just reading the summary of Decimation. Interesting. Yes. You can find us at spartacast.com. You can find all our contact information there. You two dozen people who are listening to this, you probably already know how to find us. But yeah. Yep. We'll be back next time, which is what, three weeks from now, I think? Two weeks? Yeah, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Okay. And then I go out of town. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. I don't get to go out of town Maybe, for a while. Well, actually, not quite then, but I got a lot of stuff to do to prep before I go out of town. I got a podcast of my own to edit. So, cool. This was fun. I'm glad we're back yeah. in it. Last season. Yep. Last uh, season. Almost done. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>